0: Hey everyone, it's Joel. Uh, Now, I've been giving uh, episode previews for uh, the episodes that came before this one, primarily because they were older, so they were done, if not during COVID, a little bit before. But you know what, I think I'm just going to go ahead and keep doing it to give things some context, so whatever. Uh, Anyway, this uh, interview that's about to uh, uh, happen, or it already happened, but it's about to play is with one of my uh, one of my friends and previous coworkers, Jake Roundy. We used to work together at a company that did content marketing. And uh, this is when I'm starting to get my stuff together in this interview. DC in a new house, uh, got the equipment that I needed. And I actually recorded this in a tiny closet to get the best uh, sound. So it was really painful. Um, I actually did this uh, among other interviews all in like one batch. And uh, just kind of cramped into a little tiny closet surrounding myself with blankets like I was recording an album. So it does sound super crispy, if I may say so myself, but it's really cool. Jake is a, a good friend of mine, um, he's a freelancer, and uh, this is just a nice, calm, chilling, uh, or chill, not chilling, chill interview. And uh, I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, Even if you don't like the content, I think it's going to sound very NPR-ish based on the quality of our microphones alone. So that should be worth something. So anyway, thanks again. It's Joel recording from a closet. I hope you like it. Thanks for tuning in. back with a new episode for the moonlighters club 2021 uh i i have done an interview in 2021 already it was uh i didn't know it was an interview actually i got hooked up with one of my friends dads who is a moonlighter an entrepreneur i thought we were meeting just to casually talk and then like halfway through the conversation goes all right so you ready to go and i go wait what so I just started recording. <laughs> that was the episode number one. But this is the second episode uh for twenty twenty one in a weird almost post COVID world. Um, where uh, it's I feel like we see the light at the end of the tunnel. And uh, for entrepreneurs or uh, anyone who works a job, I feel like if you made it through 2020, you realize I should probably be like doing something else. Like, I feel like no matter what you were doing, unless you were a politician, you, you're yeah. probably like, <laughs> I gotta do something else because this was insane. Yeah. So that's what this year is all about, man. We've been doing Moonlighters for a few years now. And I feel like last year taught me that, like, just being having the freedom to follow my heart to do what I really wanna do, it was just like so in my face, I can't even get out of it. So this episode, we have a good friend of mine. Uh, do you prefer Jacob or Jake? Uh, Jake is fine.
1: I think Ooh. it sounds more natural.
0: <laughs> Thanks, Jake. Uh, Everyone, we have a friend of mine, Jake Rowney. we worked together in the past, um, uh, so we have plenty to talk about there. Uh, but uh, Jake, welcome to the show. How's everything going? Thank you, Joel. It's a, it's a pleasure to be here.
1: Um, things are going well. And I guess I should preface this by saying I technically I'm not a moonlighter anymore as I freelance full time now, but I was, I mean, I did moonlight for a long time, just doing what I, what I love, which is writing. So just to put that out there before we start.
0: Yeah. I, you know, I appreciate that. Cause that's, that's where I'm trying to go, man. And we'll talk about that transition. Cause mm-hmm. I remember you saying that and I was like, damn, like, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta figure this out. So <laughs> definitely, uh, Jake. So We met working in Boston. Um, Are you from Boston area? No, I'm actually from Syracuse, New York.
1: And I came here for college. I went to Emerson College. um, And I really just wanted to, after high school, I was like, I just want to get out of the state. I don't care where it is. And so (laughs) Emerson was like the perfect fit for me. And I have stayed ever since.
0: Nice. Uh, I wonder if there's anyone who doesn't feel like that like I no matter if you're from a big city or a small city like when I was growing up in Boston I'm like I hate it here when I left and came back I'm like it's not as bad but like I just yeah I feel like everyone yeah. gets that yearning uh, especially to get out so okay cool um Syracuse I've never been I've heard many interesting things about many towns in upstate New York uh, Boston we got a ton of upstaters in Boston though because of schools yeah Tons. weirdly yeah yeah, we got a lot yeah, a lot so Emerson Did you ever switch majors at Emerson or you went right into what you're doing now?
1: Yeah. So, well, so I, I think, you know, I've been kind of lucky because from like a very young age, I knew what I wanted to do with my career and my life essentially, which was write. Um, so like when I, when I was a kid, I remember I used to write these short stories about my younger brother, me and my two cousins and so I would just like get, get with them and I'd be like, Oh, Hey, I wrote this like little short story about us going on adventures and like solving mysteries, like very Scooby-Doo style. Um, nice. and I I knew like from that age, like I, that's what I wanted to do with my life. So, you know, in high school, I focused on writing. I, I tried to ace all my English classes. I took as many creative writing courses as I could. Um, and so when I, went to, or was considering colleges, I knew I wanted to go to a school that focused on writing. Uh, and actually, ironically, Syracuse University has really good writing program. But I, I just wanted to get out of the city and, and do something different. Because I, I felt like I needed to broaden my horizons a little bit. And Syracuse is a very small city. So I was like, I need to get out. Uh, and so Emerson, at the time, I was also really into film. So when I went to Emerson, they're, they're like half film school, half writing school. And I was like, this is the perfect combination. Mm -hmm. So I go and I actually signed up to be my major to be something like TV, film and writing. Um, and they actually put me in the wrong major when I started. So they stuck me in, uh, writing literature and publishing, which was much more focused on, uh, nonfiction, uh and creative writing for like novels and that sort of thing. Uh and it actually ended up being a good thing that th- that happened because I took my first film writing course there and I just like hated every second of it. And I was like, all right, this is not for me. Um and I actually ended up yeah. liking the other side of things. I was like, all right, I want to like write books. That's what I want to do. Um so it actually ended up being like a blessing in disguise. Uh and it it really helped me kind of like realize what I wanted to, to focus on. Uh, and so that's essentially what I did throughout my entire college career was just really focus on the writing. I tried to t- take as many different writing courses as I could to kind of, you know, try out different styles, see what I liked. I did like poetry, which I hated. I did <laughs> short story, fiction writing. I did some nonfiction stuff. Um, and it really kind of m- made me experience all the different types of writing out there. Um, and I, I knew just from talking to my teachers that how hard it would be to write a book and get it published. And so I, I was like, all right, you know, as yeah. a backup plan, I'm not just going to go out of school and just write my first book and get it published. Like that's, it, it does happen to people. And the, and there are people who, you know, rocket to stardom with their first novel, but that is like such a rare occurrence that I was like, I need a backup plan. And so yeah. I really f- decided I wanted just to be a part of the world of writing. I didn't care in what capacity. So I took some editing courses. I took some publishing courses that taught me, you know, all the different ways a book goes from a writer sitting down and writing their first word to, you know, full publication and a mass market paperback landing in your hands. So I I just was like, all right, I'm get as many skills as I can before I leave college. And then we'll see where that takes me. And as long as I'm in that world of writing, I'll be happy. It doesn't matter what capacity it is. Um, so really, that was like my college goal. And it ended up working out pretty well, I think, because I mean, here I am now and I'm, I'm writing full time. It may not be writing books full time, but I'm still doing what you know I've always wanted to do, which I think is pretty, pretty cool.
0: Nice. So uh, you you get out of school and you're wide eyed, you're ready to take <laughs> the world by storm. Yep, and, uh, and especially it's creative too because uh, I, I feel like that's the tough. It, it's tough having creative skills, uh, especially mm-hmm. when there's money involved because money ruins all forms of creativity. I yep. deeply feel in my heart as someone who wants to make money doing something creative. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you get out, you you uh, w- you get into. What was that like in the workspace? Did you, was it a wall you hit? And you're like, this kind of sucks, you know? Like, Or Man. did you have a plan? Did you know, oh, okay, I will work here. Maybe these jobs that I get initially aren't going to be that good, but I know that I'm going to be in five years X at this company, so it's fine. Or did you kind of, were you just disillusioned?
1: Yeah, so I, so the thing is, if you want to be in the in the publishing world, there's like two places you can do that one of them is new york city and the other is boston mm, <laughs> so i was yeah, like boston's there yeah so i was like you know this is actually the perfect place to be and i was like if i'm going to make a go at this this is you know where i'm going to try first um, and so my first job was actually working at uh, pearson education which is like a textbook company they they make mm. pretty much any textbook that you have in school you know they they've created so they have like a really great partnership with Emerson because they know a lot of the, the kids come out of that and they have good editing skills right off the bat. So I was actually lucky enough to get a contract position there and I was working on it was like custom textbooks. So they would take like pieces of different tech textbooks and put them together and make a brand new one. Um, and so it was a lot of very finely detailed editing work. Um, so it was really just like, literally I would just sit there and for, 8 hours a day i would just read like 400 page textbooks of like the most dry mm. dense content you could imagine uh, but i think that it it helped in a lot of ways to like you know understand you know what my role was it helped me kind of hone those skills and i kind of got to see even though I wasn't really a part of a lot of the publishing process, I got to experience that and meet with other people in that industry. So it was actually a really good like stepping stone um, into the working world, which um, I think was really helpful and, and lucky to be honest. Um, and it was a contract position too, so it was sort of like it allowed me to like dip my toes into it, see if I liked it, and then when my time was up, I was like, "All right, what's next? How can I, you know, keep this momentum up?" Um, Nice. So yeah.
0: So do you remember from to where you are now, to when you got out of school, do you remember how many jobs in editing you've had? How many companies you work for? Uh,
1: yeah. So it's it honestly hasn't been that many. So I, I, I worked there and then the next company I went to, um, I only worked there for like half a year, I think. And it was working on editing like video manuscripts. Uh, so it was a little different. Uh, but it was still technical work um it was medical and science videos like short mm-hmm. how-to videos um and that company started to go under after my 6 months there and mm-hmm. i was laid off um which was really kind of devastating for me because i had at that point i was starting to make some good coworkers who were around the same age as me uh and we were like really close and then all of a sudden it was just sort of like the rug was ripped out from underneath me and I was like, oh crap, now I have to find something new to do. Um, and luckily that's when I went to uh, um, a content marketing company, like two weeks later, had an opening and I got in there and then I spent five years there kind of working my way up. Um, so it was actually kind of a, a quick uh, progression from getting out of school, quick temp job, quick layoff at my next job and then landing somewhere where I, it was more of a long-term opportunity. Um, and then, yeah, so I guess, so when I was there, I started as a little above an entry level position editing. Um, again, this was really like an opportunity to just kind of work on a bunch of different content. Uh, so for a bunch of different clients in a, in a, in different industries, Uh, and it was more marketing style content, so it wasn't that dense textbook copy and it wasn't video scripts, which are fairly short. Uh, and, uh, that also kind of, I spent a lot of time there just really honing my editing skills. That's all I would do was come in, edit, you know, Mm -hmm. five, six, seven, eight articles every day and leave. Um, and I think that was really necessary. It was sort of like I was building my foundational skill set. And by the time I left there, my last role was as an associate director. And with every promotion I got, I was moving further and further away from what I enjoyed doing, which was writing and editing. And I was challenged in a lot of ways because that, that job was focused on people management and client management. And it was like, if I ever touched a piece of content, it was like just reading it and giving feedback to someone. It wasn't, it wasn't like I was in the weeds, really working on, you know, sentence structure and putting things together. And that's what I really enjoy. So after a year of doing that, uh, I decided, you know what, I want to kind of get back to what I love doing most. And I tried to start my own business freelancing. And it just so happened to coincide with the global pandemic last exactly almost a year ago is when I turned in my notice. And um, before my last day, uh, it was like three days before my last day, uh, our company went fully remote. And I had like a Zoom goodbye call And then I was just like on my own, like completely isolated because everybody's stuck in their houses. And I'm like, all right, time to make a business from my from my second bedroom. Um, So it was it was a very weird uh, experience. But uh, luckily, it's been going fairly well. Um, So I've been doing that for about a year now. Um, And I, I, I have the momentum to keep going, which, you know, I was. You know, flashback to a year from from today, I was like, I don't know how long I can I can do this with like the state of the world. I don't know if people will be hiring freelancers. I don't know if people will be hiring. Period. Um, and I was like, I'm going to give myself three months to try this, and we'll see where we're at. And luckily, it's 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 been good. I've just built up momentum over over the last year, and it's it's going well.
0: Nice, congrats, man. That's a, a, you made a, a great point where you are talking about moving away and you were getting promoted that was taking you away from mm-hmm. what you uh, want to do. And that's what people don't, uh, that, that's what I hate most about corporate America is that yep. so much of the work isn't work. Like, I, I just like, yeah. what do you what you dislike the most in your, when you got promoted, like when you're associate director, the day-to-day stuff that you hate the most? For example, I hate zoom calls so much that (laughs) does anybody
1: like zoom calls?
0: I I would, I'm in the point now where I will throw my router out a window just to not have, like, I hate meetings. I hate, I don't think anyone should have more than three hours of meetings in a day. Even that is a lot. Like it's, it's not work. So do you remember what act, what do you hate the most about the day to day? What specific things that you had to do where you're like, this is just not even worth my time.
1: I mean, honestly, it was, it was meetings. So like (laughs) as someone who likes to write, like, you know, I write to like even process like my own emotions. Like I'm just not like a good, like verbal communicator. Like I can do it and I can do it well, I think in certain scenarios, but it takes like a lot of mental energy for me to do that. Um, cause I'm just, I'm just an introvert. That's just the way I am. So for me to like come into work every day, and my job being from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. was literally like meetings. So I'd get there, I'd answer like 10 minutes worth of emails, and then my first meeting would start. And I would go and I would get like 30 minutes to sit at my desk for lunch to just peacefully drown out the world before I went into more meetings. And by the end of the day, I was just like, so mentally drained, emotionally drained. I was like, I can't, like it was just a lot for me to do. And, and it was just ruining like, speaking of moonlighting, it's like, I couldn't, I didn't have the energy to do anything else. I would get home, I would eat, then I would just mm. sit on the couch and watch TV until it was time to restart and do it all over again. Um, and then on the weekends, it was like, I had to go do adult responsibilities, like chores and groceries and all that stuff that we love to do. So it was like, I just reached a point where I was like, you know what? I I'm glad I tried this and you know I think there was a lot of rewarding things about it but I just knew like for me it wasn't going to be sustainable um and I knew I just wanted to kind of get back to what I'm doing now which is as a freelancer I'll maybe have like one meeting a week and that's it so it's like I can kind of nice. nice take my time off you're so lucky uh, Yeah, I was like, that's that's like the dream to me is like if I can just talk to people, you know, very rarely and they just kind of like let me do my thing, then I'll be happy. And that's the biggest change for me. And it's made me like a completely different person, like attitude wise. I just I have way more energy to do the things I actually want to do, like play video games or, you know, write on the side or start like a video project or something. So really that's like, that was the biggest thing for me was just all day meetings. And the only time people would call me into something is when there was a problem. So it was like, if a client was angry, that's Mm. when I would get involved. Mm. Or if, you know, one of my team members was having a bad day, that's that's I would get, I would have to, yeah. So it was like, it was just very emotionally draining and and I'm glad there are people out there who have that, you know those social skills. But for me, it's like, it takes me a lot of energy to do that. And I need to like recharge. Uh, and I just didn't have that time in that position. So
0: the company we were working at were you, you were freelancing the whole time we were, you were, we were working there.
1: No. So I, you know, I, it wasn't, I mean, for me, I believe that if you want to do something, especially like a creative skill, you know, they say you have to do something for 10,000 hours to be a master of it. And I don't know if I necessarily agree with that, but I do think like you should practice doing what you want to do. And so, you know, I would uh, just do things for fun. So it was like, you know, I started Mm. a gaming blog where I would just be like, all right, you know, this is a big passion of mine. I want to talk to people about my favorite games. Um, And so really it was just a way for me to not only Exercise that, but also practice my writing skills. So it's like, if I did want to go into freelancing one day, which I really knew I wanted to do eventually, that I should have something to show people. So it was like, even though, you know, these aren't professional publications I'm writing for, these are still writing samples I can put into my portfolio and be like, hey, here's an example of my writing. You can take it for what it's worth. Like, this showcases what I can do. Um, So, really, that was sort of what I did in my spare time, you know, before and after work, I would just write up those articles or I would do um, some creative writing on the side too. Uh, And it just kind of helped me uh, enjoy, you know, what I enjoyed doing most, even if it it wouldn't lead to anything, I I was happy because I was doing Mm. it, you know? So really uh, that was... I did do some professional content, uh, on the side, but it, it wasn't a ton. It was mostly just for fun. Uh, but it did end up helping me build a portfolio to use later on.
0: Do you remember the day where you were like, this is I'm done. Was there a, were you, were you kind <laughs> we of leading, getting there or was there a day you're like, this is
1: this is it oh there were several days let me just tell you that <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it was like i mean i had reached the end of i, I had just i had considered it for so long and i was just like mm. i didn't want to do it there was always a reason why i had to stay and keep working and I, I mean it is a terrifying prospect to leave the security of a job you know you're good at and that pays well yeah uh, and where people value you. Um, Like that's scary to leave behind and just be like, all right, I'm going to go off and try to build something on my own. And then ironically, I just (laughs) did that in the worst possible time you could possibly do that in the middle of a, a pandemic. Um, so it was like, but I just knew at that point, I was like, I have to try this. Like, I'm not, you know, I, I could stay here and work my way up. And there was a clear path for me forward, but it wasn't something I was enjoying and I knew it would just continue to, to tax me heavily. So I was like, all right, here's the time. And really it was more of like, I think that it was like my new year's resolution to, uh, to do that. Um, and there was a specific, I was asked to take a last minute trip to, uh, across the country to go and and, uh, uh, to a client conference and represent the company. Uh, and it was, it mm-hmm. was, I mean, this was like right before, uh, the COVID outbreak happened too. And I remember people being like a little concerned about taking planes at the time. Cause we didn't really know, you know, what was happening, yeah. how, how likely it was you were going to get infected. And I had to go do this trip. It was like a three day long trip and I got like no sleep and I had to, take on this huge responsibility and i was just like all right this is it I was like this is this is the, that was the straw that kind of broke camel's back for me um and it, it was a fine trip and it went well but um i was like you know what i think now's the time and then so i kind of planned everything out over the course of the the following month and then i turned in my notice uh at the beginning of march and uh left two weeks later and I took, so, I think it's also important, like I took free. two weeks off to do nothing before I started actually freelancing, which was very helpful to kind that's of recharge.
0: What, that was my next question. Yeah, th- that was, that was my next question is, uh, what, what, what happened right after you? Cause that's, that's what I'm most scared of. I, I know that I need to go. I, I know but I'm scared of that first week of not work. Am I just going to lie around and Like eat nachos? Like, like what, what was that like when you took that two weeks <laughs> off?
1: And that's exactly what I did. I kind of just, I literally, because I was just so burnt out at that point um, that I just sat around and did. Actually, you know what? I made several lists of like movies that I had wanted to watch for the last few years. That I just had never had time to watch. I had TV shows I wanted to, to blast through. I had books I wanted to read. And I read, I think I read like 30 books uh, in, like the first three months that I was uh, freelancing and I watched like 15 movies and I watched a bunch of TV shows and it was, it was great. I just sat for two weeks straight. I was just like, I'm not going to do anything except feed myself and relax. Uh, and that's what I did. Uh, and then I was like, all right, at the beginning <laughs> of April, <laughs> I'll, I'll start trying to freelance. And uh, it was great. I mean, it went by super fast and I was like, wow, I wish I could do this all the time, but, uh, but it was just what I needed. So I I didn't feel guilty because, um, you know, I mean, it was also during a really weird time in the world too. So it was sort of like I had, I had the excuse of the pandemic to stay inside and go nowhere, um, which kind of made it a little easier for me to do that. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, I think it's dangerous, I'm, I consider myself like pretty well self-disciplined so like I knew like all right I need to stop this before it gets out of control but if you're the type of person that has a hard time kind of drawing that line in the sand and being like all right now I have to go back to, to trying to work again um, that's a dangerous thing to do but uh, for me it was like the perfect way to to heal after being burnt out for so long and then getting the motivation and the the uh, the strength to kind of, uh, start building a business.
0: Nice. So let's, let's talk about freelancing. Um, what do you spend the majority of your days working on now?
1: So right now I am, I'm actually really lucky because I have a few uh, long-term clients. So uh, it makes it really easy for me to kind of break out my days. Uh, so I like to, I try to take the weekends off. That's my first kind of, uh, boundary that I've set for myself. Um, and then I try to structure my days, uh, to adjust to my sleep schedule cause I don't like to wake up early. <laughs> so I, I, usually start around 10 o'clock and, uh, I, I kind of break up my tasks to do, uh, you know, the easiest stuff first, just to kind of get me going. And then I have to kind of, really focus on the rest of the stuff for the rest of the day. So really right now it's mostly, oh, so I I do some content management stuff, um, which is really like uploading stuff, uh, optimizing content for search, um, cleaning up copy, that sort of thing. It doesn't really take a ton of brain power to do that stuff. So I kind of start with that first and then I move into writing. Uh, And I have a few different writing stuff. Some of it is writing articles and, and case studies and things like that. Um and then I I do some other lighter work. Um right now I'm working for a company that helps people with uh their resumes, um, cover letters and that sort of thing. Um so yeah, so it's pretty much I do that for six, seven hours a day uh in the week and then I, I usually have enough time to take off on the weekends. Um, but other than that, like I said, I you know, maybe once a week I'll have a call to discuss a new project or, uh, meet with a a potential client. But, um, right now I'm in a, I'm in a good spot where I have long-term clients. So there's not a whole lot of, of that I need to do. Um, and I have regular work coming in, which is a blessing in the world of freelancing, where you have those months where you do you know, feast or famine, as they say. So it's like, sometimes you have not enough work and you're kind of like, oh crap, what uh, what should I be doing? Um, but right now I, I have enough to, to keep me busy and it's stable enough that I don't have to, you know, spend
0: too much time looking for new work. How did you, how do you get to that point of where work does start to come in um, regularly? Are there certain tips you can give, uh, strategies?
1: Yeah, so I you know, really my first few assignments were purely from my network. Um, so LinkedIn was really where I got a lot of people reaching out to me. So I made a point of making an announcement on LinkedIn, like, Hey everybody, I am moving into freelancing. Here's what I can do for you. Um, and I I actually specialize in tech. So that was helpful for me. Um, I, I feel like a lot of the problem that freelancers have is that they tend to label themselves as generalists who can do it all which I think is fine um, because I do a little bit of everything. But I think if you can focus on a niche, um, you're going to have a higher chance of success because people will know be specifically searching for that type of work. Um, So that's exactly what I did. I went on my LinkedIn. I was like, hey, everybody, here's what I'm doing. Here's how I can help you. Uh, And here's the particular subject matter that I have the most experience in. Um, And luckily, just from that alone, I had some people reach out to me and like, be like, Hey, I have some work that might be good for you. Um, are you interested? And some of that has continued. Some of it was, uh, shorter engagements. Uh, and I just kind of kept looking for work. Um, and, uh, I'm trying to, I I think there was a website, I think there's a website called we work remotely, um, which is a really good place to go if you're looking for for really any type of work. They have specific categories for certain uh jobs and they have full-time, uh part-time, and contract positions. So I would just kind of go there every now and then and and look for things. And uh I ended up one of my long-term clients came from that. Uh so that's that was a really good way for me to find things. And I early on, you know, when I didn't have a ton of work, I would spend at least one day every week Looking for new opportunities, uh, specifically looking for people who were interested in a longer term freelance engagements. So that's really what I did. But I think the crux of that was really LinkedIn being my network of people that I had worked with over, you know, from the start of my career and in uh, textbooks to, you know, content marketing, where I really built up a lot of people who knew what I could do, knew they could trust me. And, uh, Reached out when they had stuff, so I was I was lucky in that in that case to have built up that network.
0: Nice, yeah. Networking is, uh, and I know it's funny. Uh, you're an introverted person. You know me. I run my yeah. mouth all the time. So, <laughs> being, <laughs> thanks for agreeing with me, <laughs> <laughs> but networking is it, it it sucks, but it it, does. it is a thing. You know, it, it it's a thing. Knowing more yeah. people, it will just help you get more opportunities. Um, so let's talk about couch bandits. I love. Yeah couch bandits so much (laughs) what is it where the name come from
1: yeah so couch bandits so this is our this is my uh, gaming site I started with two friends of mine uh, who are who I like to consider our kindred spirits Um, they're two friends I have from high school uh, and they both uh, they're both creatively minded as well and so one of them who's been my best friend for like my entire life he uh he and i used to write creative projects all the time so like we've written movies that we filmed uh and starred in ourselves we've written like youtube tv shows uh that are just that were just purely for fun when we were in school um and so we actually both went to college together too uh, and he's a film film guy Uh, and so we just always were looking for ways to express our creativity and and just have fun with it. Um, and so when, uh, while I was working, I really was like, I need an outlet to talk about my favorite games. I really think, you know, I have enough chops to know how to build a website and, you know, create, um, content that will stick in search. And I am pretty certain that like i can build an audience for this and so we just decided the three of us were like all right let's do this uh and we were kind of looking for a name and i don't remember where couch bandits came from necessarily but the idea is that we we missed the days of like couch co-op gaming like when we would all sit on the couch and play uh, we were really into GoldenEye back in the day GoldenEye n64 and um So we were just trying to revive that spirit of sitting on the couch and playing with your friends. Uh, so that's where the name really came from. Um, and we sat down and for like about a month, we just planned out a content schedule, uh, of, of articles we wanted to write. And we hired some, uh, uh, artists to, to make our, uh, logo, and set everything up, got all ready to go. And we had our launch and we just tried to keep the momentum going. And we brought on more people that we knew other friends who we knew wanted to talk about games that they loved or, or wanted to practice writing, uh, or just wanted to, you know, have a sample that they could use for their own careers. Um, and it was just a great way to kind of build a community that loved gaming the way we did. And, uh, it it, it's a lot of fun i mean we we still try to do it today um it's definitely not quite as active as it was i mean we started it's been like four years now i think that it's been active so um it it really just began as like a passion project uh, just a way for us to connect again and be creative together
0: yeah i'm gonna need you guys to do that for the rest of time uh, it's, uh, for the, the listeners who probably don't know, uh, when uh, Jake and I worked together, there were a bunch of people we all still keep in touch with that, uh, worked at this company together and we would play Smash Brothers on Wii U every day. And it used to be something we did for 30 minutes at lunch. And then it kind of just getting longer and longer to like an hour plus. And then after we would play and it got pretty heated. And I remember we, it got culty where we created, uh, our own work group chat where, We were just talking about video games and we made, we wouldn't make each other. uh, We had to submit a top 10 favorite video game list to prove if people knew what they were talking about and could be in the room. Uh, What's your favorite video game of all time? I know this, but.
1: So, yeah, so my favorite game, and this is really what inspired my creativity as a kid too, is uh, the legend of Zelda Ocarina of time. So that, I mean, I used to write essentially like a lot of my first stories were like fan fiction for that game. Cause I just loved it so much. And I, the, the graphics, I was just blown away by the graphics and you look at them now and it's like, Oh my God, why did I think this was so beautiful? <laughs> but that, that's my favorite game of all time. Yeah, yeah it. it, surpass yeah. it.
0: <laughs> it's pretty crazy. I looked, I, I have my top 10 list here and I hate it. Uh, it's uh, and it's gonna change. My top ten list here is number ten, Fight Night four, Fight Night round four, Mike Tyson. Number nine, Red Dead Revolver, which people forget about, oh, but yeah. Revolver was the one that started it all. It was fun. It was fun. Uh, number eight, Assassin's Creed Black Flag, classic. Nice. Seven, Street Fighter two, six, Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers on Nintendo, <laughs> <laughs> five tony hawk pro skater three four batman arkham asylum classic yeah. three manhunt brutal disturbing but classic ocarina and time was number two for me and number one oh, was nice. super, yeah number one was super mario world because i mean that oh, was yoshi nice. you can i think you can.
1: i'm pretty sure super mario world was on my list i don't know if it was number it might have been number two actually so we may have swapped one and two which is interesting
0: the one I have to fit in is Ghost of Tsushima. Which, if you have not played that game and you like video games, it is so like the game is so amazing. I've just been watching samurai documentaries on Netflix for, like for weeks now. Oh I know God, so much amazing. about Japan's history; it's crazy. <laughs> that game, that game is going to shoot straight to the top. It's 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 insane. I've been playing it for; I've beaten it three times already. I can't stop that's playing crazy. it. It's insane. <laughs>
1: it's so good though i mean it really is amazing
0: it's so it's so beautiful so it yeah, might be I,
1: one of the best ps4 games i think of all
0: time it's 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 just breathtaking ladies and gentlemen it's breathtaking please play it <laughs> uh, if you get a chance um so uh with this freelancing going on do you still want to write a book
1: yeah so you know i um there's actually an author that i love i'm a big fantasy guy So, um, his name is Brandon Sanderson and he, he's written a ton of fantasy books. Um, and he actually teaches creative writing courses. I think I, I don't remember what, what school, but he posts them online. Um, and if you're into writing, I recommend watching those because he had a, a way of framing things I thought was really helpful. So for the longest time, my goal has been to publish a book. Uh, but he was sort of like, if your goal is to publish a book, he's like, that may never happen. You might be doing it for the wrong reasons. If you, if you want to just to publish a book. So his advice was instead reframe it as what do you actually want to do? Do you want to write a book or do you want to make money off your writing? And so for me, you know, I have this freelance career going that's based on my writing. So I'm like, all right, I have that going. Do I really want to Force myself to write a book just to get it published and make money when, you know, it's going to be a rare opportunity if that happens. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to focus on writing a book. So that's my like first goal is to finish a full length novel. And then, you know, maybe then I can take it and kind of shop it around and see if someone will buy it. Uh, But if not, you know, that's fine. That's not, that wasn't my goal. My goal was just to do this for myself, was just to write a book. So I'm still working on that, um, and I have written. And he also one of his suggestions was, you know, if that's something that you want to do, set out time to do it every week. Like sit down and write something every week. And so he his advice was just take four hours out of your week to do what you love the most, uh, which I think is actually really good advice because four hours isn't that much. You could break it up into, you know, one hour or two hours on a Saturday, two hours on a Sunday, or you could do like a four hour block some night during the week and just write. Um, And I found that really helpful because the prospect of writing a book is so intimidating because it's like, all right, I have to write a hundred thousand words. Where do I start? And uh, I found that helpful just because it like, it breaks it down into very small steps where it's like, all right, I just have to sit down for an hour. I'm just going to write whatever comes to my head Uh, And that's what I've been doing this past year. And uh, it's been really helpful and I've made a lot of progress. So that's what I would say my main goal is to finish a book. And then, you know, we'll see, maybe I'll try to get it published at that point. But I think my next goal will probably be write another book. And I think that's going to be fulfilling enough for me that I, I will be happy kind of living that dream instead of being like putting the financial pressure on myself to make a career out of being a novelist. Um, cause then I won't be doing it because I enjoy it. You know, it's, that would be doing it for a paycheck. So that's my goal. Uh, and I hopefully, you know, maybe a year from now I'll have at least one book written that I can share with the world if they want to read it.
0: We we will definitely want to read it. Uh, we'll, we'll definitely keep you to that timeline. You have 12 months to get this done. Oh God, Here we um, go.
1: the pressures. One
0: up. one last question. <laughs> one last question. If you didn't have to, if everything worked well with freelancing and everything is going fine, would you ever work another corporate job again?
1: I you know I think I would. I think you know being a freelancer is great in a lot of ways, but I think there is something that's appealing about a stable income, being able to work somewhere where you can get health insurance and, you know, all everything you need sort of provided to you, you have a retirement fund set up. um, And there's a lot of stuff like that that's involved in freelancing. That's like, all right, there's no one else looking out for me with this stuff. I have to kind of navigate the insurance waters by myself I have to make sure I follow up on unpaid invoices. I have to reach out to clients and when I don't hear from them, I have to be the one responsible for reaching out to them. Um, so I think there's a lot of responsibility that's wrapped up in it that you just like don't have when you have like a a normal corporate job. Um, and it's like, yeah, you do have responsibilities, but you don't have to be responsible for everything like payrolls taken care of, of for you. Um, and I think there is an appeal to that. And I also think, uh, there is, you know, I think one of the things that's hurt a lot of people is this idea that like, you have to love what you do for work, which I don't think is necessarily the case. Like sometimes work should just be work. And, you know, if you clock in and you you work for seven hours and you go home, and then you do what you really enjoy, like that's totally fine. Like if that's if that's what you want li- like to like live your life, you don't have to do what you love for work because then you might that it will just become work to you, and you'll lose that love and that spark and passion for it. Um, so you, I, I think there's a lot of of people who kind of don't think that way, and we've kind of been broad to be like, all right, you have to work toward this dream of doing what you love for work. But, I, but there's nothing wrong with having a hobby. You don't have to monetize everything, you know? So I think if there was a point in time when I, I wanted to go back to that stability, I would work a corporate job. Um, and I would just make sure to, to clearly outline my own goals for myself. Like, you know, do I want to turn this into a career? Is this just a job to pay the bills for a while? Um, you know, what do I really want to work toward in my life? And does my career have to be a part of that? Um, so yeah, I think there is like some factors, but for now I'm really interested in maintaining the momentum I have in my freelancing and keeping that going for as long as I can, because it's, it's working for me in my life right now and we'll see how long that lasts.
0: Well, Jake, I, I appreciate that. Uh, sometimes work can just be work. I like, I like that. I like that as a lasting thought. Um, yeah do you have any projects or front facing, uh, uh, blogs or anything like that that you'd want people to tune into or follow or anything of that nature that you want to promote?
1: Um, yeah. So I guess, uh, freelancing stuff, I have Jacob dot So you can kind of check in there. Uh, I also write some content marketing, uh, items on there. Um, and dot obviously, if you want to follow along with video game stuff and, uh, In another vein, I've started doing a project uh, by the name of Janitor Roundballs, and uh, it's a YouTube channel and a Twitch channel where I'm watching every single Nintendo Direct. So these are like presentations where Nintendo goes over their uh, video game announcements that will be coming in the, the coming months, and they've been doing them for 10 years, and I thought it would be fun to go back, start at the very beginning, and watch every single one and rank them. In terms of what had the best announcements and the most exciting presentations Um, so yeah you can follow me at janitor roundballs on twitch or youtube and i'll be posting those videos as i watch them Uh, and it's really just a fun nostalgic walk back through nintendo history uh, and a a way to enjoy video games in another way so that's my newest project i just started doing that a week ago actually Uh, so yeah
0: you heard it here first ladies and gentlemen janitor round balls (laughs) taking the world by storm I love uh jake i want to thank you for your time uh this was awesome man it was cool and i'm great to see that you're out there uh doing uh freelancing and I'm, I'm, i'm excited that you still have the book in sight and uh so anyone who's listening uh good nugget man work can just be work um we have more interviews coming. Uh, we'll make sure to, you know, post this. Rate and review. Tell a friend about this. Um, we love any kind of feedback you can give us on the Moonlighters Club podcast. Um, you can find us on most podcast podcast networks. If you're listening to this, you probably already understand that. Uh, but also, we have, we have a YouTube channel that we're going to start putting more content on and a website, moonlightersclub.com, that we're just going to make sure to feature every single person that we interview. And I'm in the process of doing that myself. So, uh, from Joel Edwards uh, uh Jake thank you so much for doing this and everyone thank you, who's Joel. oh anytime and anyone who's listening we will see you next time thank you